Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site as well at Big Ten MM. It is Tuesday, March 31st, 2020. And yesterday was some big news coming out of the NCAA. They finally got a chance to sit down, discuss what they wanted to do regarding spring sport athletes and whether or not they were going to get the extra year of eligibility. Well, they decided yesterday that it was in the best interest of the student to give them the extra year. Now, the big holdup for the NCAA has always been money and that was exactly the holdup in this situation as well at the current moment it is up to the schools as to how they will give money to those students schools can give partial scholarships schools can give full scholarships they can give whatever aid they deem i don't like that part i think that once again the ncaa probably needed to continue with some hard criteria as to how the schools individually would give out the scholarships. The majority of spring sport athletes are not full scholarship ones. You're looking baseball, sometimes, very rarely, I played collegiate baseball, none of my teammates, although Ohio State's not the biggest baseball school in the country, So there's a possibility that they do it differently in other places. But the most that a scholarship was awarded while I was in school, and granted this was almost 20 years ago as well, was half scholarship. A half. For a Division I athlete. That's not a lot. A lot of these athletes, they had to be in that state in order to get cheaper tuition and a half scholarship goes far but clearly doesn't go as far as the full scholarship football and basketball players and especially when you're looking at non-revenue sports as well they don't typically give out full scholarships either because they don't have the money they don't have the funds for that so it'll be interesting to see which schools are going to give more aid to which teams and players. I just, I don't like that part of it. I love the fact that the NCAA has allowed the athletes to have the option to come back and play again, finish out what would be a season that they would would have missed. But I don't like the fact that they're leaving it up to the schools as to what kind of aid they will get monetarily. I don't like that. It is what it is, but I do like the fact that the NCAA has made this decision, but also, again, there are things that always the NCAA does where it could have been better, clearly. So we'll see how each school ends up handling this situation. Uh, We'll see if the Big Ten comes out and ultimately, you know, maybe sets a guideline as to What's going on? I know Kevin Warren really likes to be at the forefront of these kind of things, especially in his first year taking over for Jim Delaney. He wants to put his stamp on things, and Kevin Warren has been fantastic. I've been very, very impressed with him, the way he speaks, the way he handles things. And I think that 
with the ruling by the NCAA, I'm sure that the Big Ten will convene as a conference, get all the athletic directors in a room along with Kevin Warren and discuss these issues. And it'll be interesting to see if the Big Ten themselves come out with a statement saying how they're going to go about this situation. So I'll clearly keep you posted. If they do say anything, I'll let you know. But at the current moment, the NCAA has allowed spring sports to have that extra year. Winter sports, that's not going to happen. I I would love to see it, but they played 90% of their season, and I think that's plenty. Uh, I think that when you look at the way they do it by redshirt, it's 20% of your season, which spring sports did not get. They did not get to that 20% mark. Therefore, they were given, and if they did get to that 20% mark, maybe just a little bit more, but still, I think that's kind of how the NCAA looked at this, was that it was more of a red shirt than anything. So it is what it is, and we'll see what the Big Ten does ultimately regarding the NCAA's decision going forward. All right, let's get into a couple of you know Big Ten things. Uh, only one thing of note on the football side. As Rutgers added preferred walk-on running back Michael Cox out of Georgia, this is not a throwaway walk-on offer. Cox had offers from the Ivy League, and so that means that he is, A, going to qualify because if you're getting Ivy League offers, they do not offer athletic scholarships. They do offer some aid via athletics if you are, I'm sorry, via academics if you are an athlete. So that's not a throwaway walk-on. And the state of Georgia produces a whole hell of a lot of solid talent. And so I really like this addition for the 20 class for Greg Schiano. Very solid work that he has done. And like we went over yesterday, their 2021 recruiting class is currently in the top 15 right now. It's early. I know that. But Greg Schiano's coming. Rutgers, they're going to be a thorn in a lot of teams' asses. They're not going to be the runover like they have been the last couple years under Chris Ash. They'll be very competitive going forward with Greg Schiano leading them. All right, CBS Sports has been all over mock drafts. Yesterday I went over a seven-round mock. I also went over a first-round mock. Well, yesterday they did their Monday mock, and their Monday mock really consists of all of their experts, and I'm not going to go over everyone because there's a lot of them. They selected four teams. They included trades in this one, too. So that's why you're going to see some names that aren't normally where they have previously been. We'll start off with Chase Young. Actually ends up going to three to Detroit because Washington ends up selecting Tua Tagovailoa in this one. So that's a little interesting twist that we pretty much haven't seen before. But still, Chase Young going in the top three it's a quarterback-driven league, and it doesn't surprise me that you're seeing quarterbacks up at the top. They are valued so highly by NFL executives that not a surprise that teams would go after Tua Tagovailoa, especially after the video that he posted the other day where it looks like he is recovering very nicely from that hip injury that he suffered during this year in their game 
you know, uh, for Alabama. So it it looks like Tagovailoa is healthy, and going into the season, Tagovailoa was the clear-cut number one quarterback prospect. Now Joey Burrow had a amazing year for LSU, won the Heisman, won the national championship, and he's looked at as the clear number one pick at the current moment due to the injury issues. However, I would say that if all things were equal and neither of those two quarterbacks had any injury issues, everything equal, I think that Tua Tagovailoa would be the higher rated prospect at the current moment. I think the only thing really holding him back is the injury. But I digress. Back to the Big Ten names in the CBS Sports Monday mock at 8. Arizona would select Tristan Wirfs. Love this. It looks like Arizona in most mock drafts that we've seen is going after offensive line help. They have clearly made some great moves this offseason. I mean, when you go out and you get arguably the best wide receiver in the game. Now, you can make an argument that Michael Thomas uh, from Ohio State is the best. I mean, look at what he's done just the the last couple of years. But when you make a trade and go get DeAndre Hopkins and, and give up virtually nothing for it, I mean, David Johnson was a guy that was going to play, but with them transitioning with Kenyon Drake, it just doesn't make sense because Drake came out at the end of the season and was absolutely awesome in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. So it uh, makes sense. I think this would be a great landing spot for Tristan Wirfs. At 14, Carolina would select Jeff Okuda. That is a big-time slide. The majority of mock drafts we've seen, Okuda's in the top five. If he's going to Carolina at 14, the Panthers are getting a absolute steal. 22, Minnesota would select Etor Gross Matos. At 26, Miami selects Michigan center Cesar Ruiz. And 27, the final Big Ten name in this mock, Seattle would select A.J. Epinesa, the Iowa defensive lineman. So you're seeing some names, and some names we're missing as well. Uh, Zach Bond, I think, is the name that we've seen come up recently in a whole hell of a lot of mock drafts that was not in this one. So a couple of new names, but still, I apologize, not new names, just new spots, really. Seeing Okuda drop was definitely interesting in this one. All right, moving on to the hardwood. There's a lot to go over because there's a lot of player movement going on yesterday. Let's start off with Penn State. They're going to add transfer Sam Sessions from Binghamton. He averaged almost 20 points a game last year, almost five assists, which led the league. Hit the uh, I believe it's the Patriot League, and five rebounds a game. He will have to sit out a year, but he's going to have two seasons remaining so this is a big time addition for the Nittany Lions moving on to players that are moving leaving Minnesota's point guard Marcus Carr he's going to enter the draft he will not sign with an agent so that is good news leaving the door open for him to return to Minneapolis for a junior season he was a third team all big 10 selection this year so getting him to come back I I'm going to say this. If Richard Pitino was not coming back on that one-year lame duck contract, I don't think Carr would have even thought about coming back. But I think because Pitino's there, I do think that Carr will be entertaining the fact that he will be coming back. 
Same thing going on with Michigan's guard Isaiah Levers. Livers is a guy that could be drafted. He's not popping up on a lot of mock drafts that I've seen. I've only seen one or two, to be honest with you, NBA style. But uh, a class ahead of Carr, so he would be a rising senior. And I think that what Livers has done at Michigan, I think he's earned the right to go take a look. But again, he's not signing with an agent, so that's leaving the door for him to return for his senior year. A player that won't be returning is Maryland's forward Ricky Lindo. He will enter the transfer portal after watching his playing time decrease significantly from his freshman to sophomore year. The thing is, is that I think Lindo probably should have waited this one out just a little bit longer. Reason being is it looks like Maryland's forward Jalen Smith will ultimately end up declaring for the draft. And if Lindo had just waited just a little bit to find out what Smith was doing, that playing time definitely could have opened and Mark Turgeon would have more than likely said, hey, look, Lindo, you're going to play a ton this year. There's no reason for you to try and leave and play anywhere else. There's not a lot of front court depth. They had the Twins transfer uh, their last names I am uh, uh, forgetting right now. On top of that, you know, Troy Mariel, he was the former number one overall prospect as a sophomore, and then injuries hit, and then he actually ended up dropping. He made a significant drop because of the injuries concerns. But if Mariel is healthy, that's a guy that really could be great. I mean, he played a little bit this year, um, still needs some work, but you know, if he has that health, he could be a big-time addition for the Terrapins. But I think Lindo would have, been in his best interest to just wait it out just a little bit to see what Jalen Smith ultimately ends up doing. I just can't see. I think Smith is a, a top five, top ten type of NBA prospect right now. And so he should leave in a what is viewed as a very weak NBA draft for this coming year. Luca Garza wins the Pete Newell Big Man of the Year. Not surprising. Luca Garza was my favorite to win uh, multiple National Players of the Year. It looks most of them have been given away. The, Garza's won a couple. Obi Topin's won a couple. Yeah, they were great, both of them. Uh, I think that Garza has a decision here. He's a junior. He could be a senior at playing for Iowa. Who the hell knows whether he comes back or not? He hasn't said anything. I could see him as another guy that ultimately tests the NBA waters, doesn't sign an agent, goes through the process, and comes back. The NBA, along with the NCAA, I think they have done the best job with their draft process. They allow the underclassmen to go through to get a ton of information. And if they want, they can stay in the draft. If they don't want to, they can return to school. I think it's a perfect scenario. NBA, NCAA, you actually got something right. Good job. Well done. The Michigan Attorney General has asked to reopen rape allegations case against Michigan State guard Brock Washington. Uh, I watched a Sport Center breakdown of the allegations and what was reported seems like Washington is guilty. And this was dropped a couple of months ago. Uh, this happened in January and I think the Michigan Attorney General is doing the right thing. 
the accuser was not a student at Michigan State. She was a student at a nearby local school. However, this was this incident happened at Washington's residence, which is on the Michigan State campus. And so, yeah, I think that we haven't heard the last of this case. I think that this is going to go on for a little bit longer. And if I've read the tea leaves right, it looks like Brock Washington is guilty and we will ultimately see him being released from the Michigan State basketball team. Or at least that's the right thing to do. And I hope, I hope, I hope Tom Izzo realizes that this is the right thing to do and releases Brock Washington because this is bigger than basketball, bigger than winning games. It really is. And see, NBC Sports released their way too early top 25 basketball rankings. And this one, I like this one a little bit better for the Big Ten than uh, the other one that I gave you the other day. At 23, you've got the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers against Steve Pikel doing a fantastic job over there in Piscataway. 22, you've got the Michigan Wolverines. I'm not sure if that changes now with Livers leaving. Well, at least testing the waters. Ohio State is at 20th. Uh, they have lost a lot of talent there as well, but they've lost that talent prior to them doing their rankings. So they've got to be high on Chris Holtman's team. Greg Gard, Wisconsin Badgers check in at 17th. Iowa is 12th, and I think a lot of that is on Luca Garza and what he will ultimately end up doing. Like I said, I think Garza tests the waters. Traditional centers like Garza don't play quite in the modern NBA, but I do think that there would be a role for him. I'm not sure if it's in his best interest to stay another year, but we'll see what ends up happening with him. And then all the way at the top, just kidding, not all the way at the top, the top team in the Big Ten would be the Michigan State Spartans at six overall, according to NBC Sports. Way too early preseason time 25. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Tuesday, Big Ten fans. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.